This is the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. Hey friends, how's it going? Welcome to the Biblical Unitarian Podcast, the podcast that aims to start conversations about the oneness and unity of God and about the humanity of Jesus. My name is Dustin Smith, and as always, I will be your host. This is episode 314, entitled, John's Use of Deuteronomy, chapter 18, verse 15b. So, last week we introduced our study of the Johannine Jesus and the ways in which he is illustrated as the promised prophet, like Moses, from Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 15 through 22. So we examined last week just the first part of Deuteronomy 18, verse 15. We called that chapter 18, verse 15a, noting at that time that the Gospel of John is absolutely saturated with references that characterize Jesus as a figure whom Moses anticipated as a prophet and as a member of the countrymen of Israel. So this week's episode will pick up where we left off, and we're going to look at the second half of Deuteronomy 18, verse 15, what we're going to call chapter 18, verse 15b. Let's read the entire verse. It says, Yahweh your God will raise up for you a prophet like me, From among you, from your countrymen, you shall listen to him. And it is to this reference to listen to Jesus, the prophet like Moses, that we will give our full attention in this week's episode. So, in what ways does the Gospel of John stress the need to listen to Jesus the prophet? Why should we even do it? And what might happen if we refuse to listen to this prophet? Let's find out on this week's episode of the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. Our first point today is that readers should listen to Jesus because of what he has seen and heard. So there are many passages in the Gospel of John that emphasize the need for the readers to listen to Jesus specifically because Jesus has heard something and he has seen something and this gives legitimacy to why we should actually listen to him. He has something to say and he has received that from someone important, namely Jesus has received this from God. So John the Baptist says this about Jesus in chapter 3, verse 32. John says that what he has seen of that he testifies and no one receives his testimony. That's John chapter 3, verse 32. So John is lamenting the fact that people are not receiving Jesus' testimony, not just receiving Jesus, but receiving the thing that Jesus is testifying about. But people should be receiving this testimony, the thing that he is testifying, because Jesus has seen and heard something. So this, of course, is what gives legitimacy to Jesus' message. 
Now, Jesus himself is going to talk about this in chapter 5. So in chapter 5, verse 19, it says, Therefore Jesus answered and was saying to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does in like manner. That's chapter 5, verse 19. So again, we can see the sense that the Son has seen something. In fact, he has seen what the Father is doing. He recognizes that, and the Son is going to follow and imitate the deeds of the Father and to perform those in like manner. But the key thing here is that Jesus has seen something, and he's going to respond appropriately. In the same chapter, but in verse 30, Jesus says, I can do nothing on my own initiative. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I do not seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. That's John 5, verse 30. So Jesus is able to speak forth judgment, and it is a just judgment specifically because he hears it from God, namely the one who sent him. And doing so, Jesus is not bringing about his own will. He is being the obedient one that speaks forth judgment based on what he has heard, and he's being obedient to the will of the God who has commissioned him. But again, we can see that people should listen to Jesus because he has heard something from God first. In chapter 6, verse 46, Jesus says, Not that anyone has seen the Father except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. Chapter 6, verse 46. So again, Jesus is claiming that he has had this experience with God. He has seen the Father, and I think what is going on here is that Jesus is looking back and recognizing that he is the incarnation and the embodiment of God's personified word, that word that was in the beginning and that was with God, and also the personified word has its parallel with personified wisdom. And we know from Proverbs chapter 8 that personified wisdom when it is quite heavily personified, she herself speaks, and she says that I was beside him. I was beside Yahweh, rejoicing in his presence. So again, Jesus is able to speak authoritatively because he has had this encounter with the Father. And of course, that Father is described as God. God just is the Father in the Gospel of John. Moving on in chapter 8, verse 26, Jesus says, I have many things to speak and to judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true, and the things which I heard from him, these I speak to the world. That's chapter 8, verse 26. Again, we can see that Jesus is speaking as this authoritative prophet because he first heard them from the true God, the one who has sent him. A little bit later in verse 38 of chapter 8, Jesus says, I speak the things which I have seen with the Father, therefore you also do the things 
which you have heard from the Father. Now what's going on here is that Jesus is describing his own Father, namely God, but he is getting his opponents, his dialogue partners, to understand that their Father is their Father, the devil. So the key thing here, of course, is that Jesus is saying the things that he has first seen from the Father, and that, of course, gives legitimacy to what he is saying and, of course, to who he is as the Messiah. But his opponents are also speaking and performing the things that they have heard from their Father. Two verses later, in verse 40, Jesus says, But as it is, you are seeking to kill me, a man who told you the truth which I heard from God, this Abraham did not do. That's John 8, verse 40. One of the most powerful texts, because Jesus says outright, quite plainly, that he is a man. He is a human being. He's a member of the human race. And he says that he has heard the truth from God. God is, of course, distinguished from Jesus based on his own testimony. And he's like, look, I'm telling you these things. I'm speaking the truth to you. I am functioning as this authorized human prophet who is declaring the testimony of truth. And the reason why this is true is because Jesus himself heard it from God. And that's why he's a prophet. In chapter 14, verse 24, Jesus says, He who does not love me does not keep my words. The word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Chapter 14, verse 24. Again, the importance of keeping and listening to the words of Jesus. Remember, they're not his words. They're the words that he received from the Father, the Father who has authoritatively commissioned Jesus for his ministry. And there's a connection that's also made there that the one who loves Jesus is the one who is going to keep and obey his teachings. In chapter 15, verse 15, Jesus says, No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. That's chapter 15, verse 15. So again, Jesus communicates all of the things that he has heard from his Father. He is speaking these things authoritatively, and he communicates them to his disciples, whom he now describes as friends. But where did Jesus get all of these words, all of these things? He got them from the Father, and not just the Father, from Jesus' Father. He says, it's my Father. So, why in Deuteronomy 18, verse 15, should the readers of the Gospel of John listen to the prophet? Well, the first point is that they should listen to the prophet because that prophet heard and saw things from God. And that significantly authorizes and empowers Jesus' message and mission. This moves us to our second point. Point number two, listening to Jesus involves believing and knowing him. 
So we're going to see a connection that's made in the Gospel of John that associates the need to listen to Jesus. And of course, listening involves obeying. But listening is also connected with believing in Jesus and also coming to know him. So in chapter 3, verse 36, it says, He who believes in the Son has eternal life. But he who does not obey the Son will not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. That's chapter 3, verse 36. So notice the antithetical parallelism that's going on here. If you believe in the Son, you possess eternal life. So you would think that the opposite would be the one who disbelieves, but it's described actually as the one who does not obey the Son. That person will not see life. What do they actually have and possess? They possess the wrath of God abiding upon him. So there's a sense there that believing in Jesus involves obeying Jesus. And that, of course, is because the verb translated believe, the Greek verb pistevo, means to trust, to be loyal to, and to obey. It's not just the sort of bland sense of the English word believe. It has a much stronger connotation of being of the utmost faithful to the object of that belief. In chapter 5, verse 24, we see more of the same. Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but has passed out of death into life. That's chapter 5, verse 24. Notice that belief is also involved with listening to Jesus' word, hearing his message, hearing his gospel message. So, listening to Jesus and hearing him is closely associated with believing. And here, more specifically, it's believing him who sent me. That is, believing God as the one who has sent and commissioned Jesus, thereby authorizing Jesus' messianic mission. In chapter 6, verse 45, it says that it is written in the prophets, and they shall be taught of God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. That's chapter 6, verse 45. So, after citing scripture here, Jesus indicates that the people who have listened to the Father and have learned from him are going to respond appropriately by coming to Jesus. So again, to know Jesus is closely associated with hearing and learning. In chapter 8, verse 51, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. That's chapter 8, verse 51. So the one who keeps and maintains Jesus' gospel will never die. Again, there's a sense there of the benefits of believing and knowing Jesus that comes from, of course, listening and obeying his word, his gospel, his good news. In chapter 10, starting in verse 3, Jesus is talking about the door, and he says, To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them, 
and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. That's chapter 10, verses 3 through 4. So Jesus describes himself as a shepherd figure, and he has sheep. And the sheep, of course, are describing the disciples that are learning from him. And the relationship involves Jesus calling them by name, and they respond by following him, which is a metaphor for discipleship. They follow and obey him because they know his voice. They recognize his teachings. They are familiar with his words. The sheep, as we see there in verse 3, they hear his voice. They listen to what he is saying. And it, of course, involves this sense of knowing. The sheep know the shepherd, and the shepherd also knows the sheep. He knows them by name. He leads them out. In the same chapter, chapter 10, verse 16, Jesus says, I have other sheep which are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will hear my voice, and they will become one flock with one shepherd. That's chapter 10, verse 16. So the other flock, which is presumably those that aren't Jews, probably the Gentiles, Jesus indicates that they will become a single flock. They will have one shepherd. That one shepherd is Jesus. And Jesus is going to bring them out, meaning he's going to function as their leader, but they are going to listen to his voice. So again, notice, by listening to the voice, by listening to him, they come to have this new relationship with him. They come to know him as their shepherd. And then chapter 18, verse 37, Jesus is talking to Pontius Pilate. And in this dialogue, Pilate said to Jesus, So, you are a king? Jesus answered, You say correctly that I am a king. For this I have been born, and for this I come into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. That's chapter 18, verse 37. So again, the people who are a part of this relationship with Jesus their king, those who are of the truth, are those that listen to Jesus' voice. They don't just listen, they listen with the purpose of obeying. So they obey Jesus' voice, they obey his teachings. And they, of course, are those who are described as of the truth. They have this relationship, they have this identity that is based on the fact that they listen to, they hear, and they obey the voice of Jesus. So again, Deuteronomy 18, verse 15b, why is it that people should listen to Jesus? And the answer is that listening to Jesus is very closely associated with believing in Jesus and knowing him in a deep and intimate way. So we can see the benefits of listening to Jesus, but what are the consequences to refusing to listen to Jesus? So sometimes you have to motivate people with a stick, even though we saw in our previous point that Jesus was trying to motivate them with the carrot. This will move us to our third point. Point number three, to refuse Jesus' words is to reject him outright. So, in chapter 5, verse 37, and also verse 38, Jesus says, And the Father who sent me has testified of me, you have neither heard his voice 
at any time, nor seen his form. You do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe him whom he sent. That's chapter 5, verse 37 through 38. So who is him whom God has sent? Answer, that is Jesus. And those who do not believe him, those who don't believe Jesus, they're not believing in Jesus' words, they're not believing in his claims, they're not believing in his miracles, and they're certainly not believing in his claim to be the one that God has commissioned as the Messiah, then they don't have God's word abiding in them. And this is unfortunate because in the Gospel of John, you can't just believe in God. You also have to believe in Jesus as the one whom God has authorized and commissioned as the Messiah. And if you reject Jesus' words, then you're rejecting him. And if you're rejecting Jesus, then you're ultimately rejecting the one who sent Jesus, which means you're rejecting God. In chapter 8, verse 47, Jesus says, He who is of God hears the words of God. For this reason, you do not hear them, because you are not of God. That's chapter 8, verse 47. So those people who are associated with God, they're of God, they're defined in their identity as being the people of God, they are the ones who listen to God's words. Well, who's speaking God's words in the Gospel of John? Well, it is John the Baptist, you could say, but primarily it's Jesus, the prophet, the prophet, the spokesperson who speaks forth the words of God, the words that he has heard from God. But if people are not of God, if they're not defined by God as part of God's people, then, of course, they're naturally not going to listen to God's words. And this is what Jesus is saying. He says, look, if you're rejecting the words of Jesus that he received from God, then you're rejecting him, and, of course, you're rejecting God as well. And in chapter 12, starting in verse 46, Jesus brings all this to a climax, and he says, I have come as light into the world, so that everyone who believes in me will not remain in darkness, if anyone hears my sayings and does not keep them, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my sayings has one who judges him. The word I spoke is what will judge him at the last day. That's chapter 12, verses 46 through 48. So again, it's quite clear, especially at the end, that the one who doesn't receive Jesus' teachings is someone who rejects Jesus. So to put it in a positive spin, if you want to accept Jesus, you also have to accept his teachings. And if you don't do that, then you will be judged on the last day. And the last day seems to be a reference to the day of judgment, the final day in which people will be called to account for their behavior. And that behavior must include responding appropriately to the prophet like Moses. And that prophet, of course, is the Johannine Jesus. So again, why should, according to Deuteronomy 18, verse 15, the readers of the Gospel of John listen to Jesus? Because 
if they don't listen to Jesus, then they are rejecting him and they're going to have to face judgment. So in sum, the Gospel of John puts considerable emphasis on Jesus' role as the authorized and empowered prophet of the only true God. As a prophet who speaks the words of God, Jesus legitimizes his messianic ministry and his claim to the messianic role. For those who want to believe in Jesus, they must also listen to and obey his words. You cannot have belief without obedience to Jesus. Furthermore, we observe that to reject the words of Jesus the prophet is tantamount to rejecting the God who authorized Jesus as his personal agent. So, to answer the question, why should we listen to Jesus as Deuteronomy chapter 18 verse 15 b commands? Answer, because Jesus is the prophet whom God has truly raised up. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Please join us next week as we continue to explore how Deuteronomy chapter 18 is interwoven throughout the Gospel of John, and we will look at the importance of God putting his own words into the mouth of Jesus the prophet within the fourth gospel. Please look forward to our next episode. If you enjoy our podcast, please consider supporting us as we aim to promote the sound truths about the oneness and unity of God and the humanity of Jesus. You can support us absolutely for free by subscribing on iTunes or YouTube, by giving us an honest review on iTunes, and by sharing your favorite episodes with your friends, like this one. If you'd like to offer a financial donation, you could do it one of two ways. You can donate on PayPal based on the link in the description of this podcast, and you can also commit to a membership on our YouTube channel. The Biblical Unitarian Podcast is produced and edited by Dustin Williams. I am Dustin Smith, your host. Until next time, please take care.